we can pretend that I'm Sabrina. <laughs> Sabrina was our delegate. Um, I was also at convention in my role on leadership discernment committee, but this is Sabrina's report. Good morning, SMC friends. Greetings in absentia and gratitude to Doug for sharing my reflection. Oh, she should probably wait. I'm on time. <laughs> sharing my reflections with you while I'm traveling. Here are some glimpses of my five days in early July representing you at Mennonite Church USA 2019 convention in Kansas City. It was a privilege to be one of 499 delegates to this year's convention. If you are unfamiliar with the biennial event, delegates spend four hours and 15 minutes every day at required sessions with a table group of other delegates hearing about and discussing the business of the national church and voting on some matters. A fair amount of the work this year was procedural, such as approving MCUSA bylaw revisions that updated job descriptions and streamlined language, and electing board members for various church agencies. On the more deliberative end, it was gratifying to pass a resolution to allow 16 to 21-year-olds to represent their congregations as full-fledged delegates. And our own former SMC member, Hillary Watson, now a pastor in Ann Arbor, Michigan, was the driving force behind a resolution titled Churchwide Statement on the Abuse of Child Migrants. It called out the US government's policies towards migrants at the southern border, particularly condemning the treatment of children. The resolution passed with two, two dissenting votes one of which was passed because the respondent felt the resolution did not go far enough. A high point of our delegate time together was three teaching sessions by Tom Yoder Neufeld, Professor Emeritus of New Testament Religious Studies at Conrad Ray Grable University in Ontario. He masterfully led a Bible study of Ephesians in which Paul urges early Christians to welcome and integrate strangers and enemies. In Tom's words, this theme was the unity of the spirit, the wind of God that blows together those who are often at odds, even hostile to each other, transforming them into one body of Christ. Those teachings were useful to recall when the conversation stalled at my table, as it did quite early on. Table groups are the organizing principle for delegate deliberations. As you join a table at the convention start and stick with those folks all the way through. This convention was the first in recent years to allow delegates to choose their own groups. So when I looked around on the first morning for a table with an opening, one with four men and four empty chairs seemed like a good choice. Dave, Aaron, Jeff, and Stan variously represented churches in southeastern Pennsylvania, Harrisonburg, Virginia, and rural Ohio. After a woman from Eugene, Oregon, named Karen Angel, also joined our table, it soon became clear that we West Coast women came from more progressive congregations than the men, three of the four of whom also proved to be very reticent. Aaron was the most forthcoming with comments that often touched on his time as a missionary in South America and the need for the church to evangelize. Otherwise, though, 
there were many long, silent stretches at table 11 that Karen or I would try to break with observations, anecdotes, humor, anything to generate some interaction. <laughs> Our table seemed to exemplify the very real challenge of unity in what Tom Yoder Neufeld called all our beautiful and also often flawed and conflict-laden diversity. Here's an example of that diversity. In response to a question asking for our top priority in our shared peace witness over the next two years, Aaron wanted to plant new churches, whereas Karen and I looked to issues of poverty and social justice in our communities. Within this context, two of the men mentioned that a member of their congregation had anonymously dressed up as a homeless person and as a goth, respectively, and come to church to see the reaction. Both men seemed satisfied that these role-playing congregational tests of hospitality were successful. It was a telling reminder of how different our cultural and church backgrounds can be. These differences stood out during Saturday morning's final delegate session when we were given a survey to aid the executive board's consideration of potential changes in church membership guidelines which reflect the church's stance on the status of non-heteronormative persons. We had 10 minutes to respond individually in writing to two questions. Would we find it helpful to do a two-year Bible study on the issue? And would our congregations be willing to do, to do it and report back to the conference? All of us at table 11 said no to both questions for essentially the same reasons. Our congregations had already prayerfully considered scripture and come to firm conclusions. Nobody saw any room for change. This might look like consensus, but it wasn't. The men believed their congregations would reject full membership for LGBTQ people, and Karen and I, coming from opening, open and firming congregations at Walk Standing, could not imagine our churches reversing our welcoming stance. All the men either said outright or hinted that their congregations would leave MCUSA if membership rules were changed to accommodate LGBTQ persons. They favored maintaining the status quo and allowing the various conferences to deal with the challenges in their own way. He expected this course of action, or rather inaction, uh, could avoid a major split in the denomination that he predicted would come from any further movement toward inclusion. Steph, Jeff, Stan, and Aaron concurred. To end our table group work on this note was troubling, to say the least. It certainly shed light on why we had spent the week studying Ephesians' call to accept the other in love and showed just how difficult that call is to be put into practice. But lest I discourage you from ever becoming a convention delegate, <laughs> it's important to note that this table group experience was a far cry from the open sharing and deep discussion that happened at my table at the 2011 convention in Pittsburgh. And there were many wonderful experiences in Kansas City. 
it was great to celebrate the 4th of July, drowning out the roar of the Blue Angels flyover, well, almost, by singing the Mennonite Concerto in the Convention Choir. It was another joy to join in the choral witness of Pink Menno outside the Delegate Hall after a day's session and to attend one of Sarah Augustine's workshops where she simultaneously fired up everyone and burned down the house. <laughs> Speaking of Sarah Augustine, you'll be hearing more about the work of Dismantling the Doctrine of Discovery Coalition, which met for two days in Lawrence, Kansas, prior to the convention. Sarah, Jonathan Newfeld, and I look forward to sharing with you about that gathering. But for now, thanks for listening, and I hope you have an enjoyable rest of the summer. <laughs>